0: You are listening to the PATH Podcast on Mountain Bike Radio.
1: Welcome to another episode of the PATH Podcast. Um, I am joined today, as usual, with uh, by Tani and Ak. It's good to be here all. So good. Uh, we are recording again this evening from uh, my living room. Um, but uh, I guess unlike some of our uh, earlier podcasts, we, uh, we oddly decided not to ride today. I think all of us have had kind of a, a, a rough week, and we decided just to uh, hit some beers on this Cinco de Mayo and, and record a good show for you guys. Put on yeah. our bathrobes. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Cinco de Mayo. Yep. Happy Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> From Southern California, this is uh, quite quite the celebration day.
2: So that's the truth. So shop news, should we get into that?
1: Yeah. Man, we, we've got a lot of
2: it here on this very merry Cinco de Mayo Day. So why don't we start up with some of our upcoming demo days? So we've got Rocky Mountain uh, coming in May. Actually, let's start with Kona because that's the first one coming up. So we've got Kona Demo Day on it's Thursday, May 12th. So that's next Thursday, May 12th at 5 p.m., um, meet us at what's called Santiago Hills Park, which is going to actually be right next to Santiago Oaks Regional Park. Santiago Hills Park. Um, we're going to meet at 5 to get grab yourself a bike, uh, and then 5.45 rolling out free Kona demos from the shop that day.
0: So just to clarify, there's two ways you can ride a Kona that day. You can... You can pick up a, a Kona demo from the shop, which you would probably want to call ahead and reserve with Megan and that would be free on that day if you talk about the Kona demo and then you can return it by the next day. Yeah. Or you can call the shop and reserve one of the bikes that Kelly, our Kona rep is bringing with Megan and meet Kelly at the shop at, at the Santiago Hills Park around five to get set up on a bike to be rolling by 545. Yeah, that's fantastic. So it's either way, bring your credit card and driver's license. Sorry, Auk.
2: No, no problem. That, no, that's good. And pedals and shoes. For sure. So it's gonna be a great evening. Uh we've been having some fantastic weather here. Um June gloom in May. Uh it's it's a good time to ride bikes. So we also have got uh, a Rocky Mountain demo day on May 15th. So that's a, I believe that's a Saturday or is that a Sunday? Paul.
0: Something that's a little different about this one is this one's at the Tustin shop. And it's from 10 to 3 instead of 9 to 3. A lot of our demos are 9 to 3. This one's 10 to 3. Tustin shop, 10 to 3. You'll be taking a bike over to Santiago Oaks Park, probably riding with one of our staff members or race team members at Santiago yeah and that's actually um,
2: a the 15th is a sunday so that's sunday 10 to 3 uh, meeting at the tustin tustin path bike shop so that's a it's a great way to to demo the rocky mountain bikes Uh, and again just a reminder kona demo on thursday may 12th so let's see Tommy, fill me in on this Mother's Day special since Mother's Day is May eighth. It's a little bit early this this year. Don't f- forget to celebrate your mom's day.
1: Yep. I have my I have my Mother's Day brunch booked Fantastic. already. Fantastic. Such a good
0: son. <laughs> <laughs> I try. I've got two mothers in my life to take care of, my wife and my mother, as the <laughs> <Zog>. <laughs> That's the truth. That's the truth. Um so happy Mother's Day to all you mothers out there. And um we got our first listener question from a, from a woman to dad. I don't do not know if she's a mother, but I was thrilled to find out that we have at least one, one, one woman. woman listener. <laughs> Thank um, you. <laughs> so for our Mother's Day special, um, we're doing category discounts on on women's equipment, so women's gloves, women's helmets, women's jerseys, women's bikes, and uh, anywhere from about you know up to about 20 percent off, but any all those categories are discounted different amounts. Great. So, again, happy Happy Mother's Day. Hope you guys are planning something special
2: for your moms. Um, for so, your moms. For your moms.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, something near and dear to my heart is a photo contest. Oh, that's right. So, the shop, the Path Bike Shop, is having a photo contest. And um, the, the deadline for submitting a picture, it's got to have... A PATH logo um, uh, prominently displayed, or maybe not prominently
0: displayed. But and not in there. photoshopped. Don't no photoshopped. This is like a PATH jersey or a PATH sticker or a PATH hat. You get the, you get the picture. Right. So, No pun intended.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> submit those. Uh, where do they submit those, Tony? You go to our Facebook, and pinned to the top is our photo contest post. And you submit it in the comments of the post. And then... It's it's a democratic process. Whichever photograph has the most likes at the end of the contest wins, and you get a fifty dollar gift card to the Path Bike Shop. Oh, dang!
1: So, should we remind people to go on our our on the Facebook page and vote as well?
0: Please vote. Please vote. Folks. Enter pictures and vote by liking pictures. <laughs> so there's some rules. Read the rules. No Photoshop. Um, blah blah blah. Read the rules. It has to be your picture.
2: Cool. What if I took a picture of Nathan? Could he submit it?
0: Yeah, I think that's probably okay. Could I submit it?
2: <laughs> I, yeah,
0: read, we better read the fine print. I'll call my lawyer. We'll get back to you on this. <laughs>
2: All right. So uh, photo uh, photo contest. Um, it, those are always fun.
1: And uh, so the photo contest. Do we? Is there a prize? For- Fifty dollar Path gift card.
2: There we go. The important part. Man, that's fantastic. Well, you know, I don't know. It might be a it's a conflict of interest if me or Nathan submit a photo as a I I think yeah. I think every... you guys should go ahead and <laughs> submit a photo. <laughs> so, all right. Um let's see what else do we have coming up here. So the the gravity promo along with the opening of Snow Summit. That's the local gra- um lift assisted ride uh mountain here. It's um it's uh looks like Snow Summit is scheduled to open May 27th.
1: Yep, they're they're going to initially start on the 27th. They're going to start uh, op- being open for weekends, I think for about a month, and then they're going to go to full-time opening. But uh, at least for the first month of the season, typically they're just open the weekends. But yeah, super excited that Snow Summit's going to be open. This is the full, first full season that we're going to see the uh, Mammoth ownership there. So hopefully we should see some really good... Uh, good improvements and, and stuff like that at the park. Have you guys heard if there are going to be any new trails or anything? I haven't heard that, but that's what, when I when I say positive changes, that's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> I <laughs> mean, a, more trails. Pretty and better pretty fun trails. how yeah. it is,
0: but pumped.
1: Yeah, yeah,
2: definitely. Exciting.
0: So along with the opening of Summit, we're running a promo on Gravity Gear um, from May 20th to May 29th. Mark your calendars and come in and get stocked up on your Knee pads, elbow pad, dual ply tires, long travel bikes, long travel forks, process one, 153s. 150, 150 plus spacing hubs. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's a fun one.
2: And um, so it's interesting. I was talking to, I was hanging out at the shop uh, this past weekend, and uh, there's a family there, dad and his son. Uh, shopping for for bikes and dad was saying, or son was saying, uh, demoing a or just pedaling around a 153 DL uh, process 153 DL, and was was really stoked on it. Uh, saying how even one of his buddies was saying this the 153 uh, class bike is actually a better fit for Snow Summit these days than a full on downhill bike.
1: It's definitely arguable. I mean, Snow Summit is a relatively small bike park, and it's definitely no problem to to run an enduro bike there. Um, downhill bikes are fun. No, you know, I the first season it opened, I had a downhill bike, and then the last two, two seasons they've been open, I just take my enduro bike, um, and uh, so it's it's a good tool for the job there as well. The stick, more like, jumps they put
0: in, the more I feel like the downhill bike doesn't carry speed as much because it's not steep enough. But man, I, st- I, I I I hope they keep Fall Line and those trails open again this year.
1: They should. I think those are those trails which are outside the main ski area are all still that's legitimate trails. That's yeah. So good. I yeah. think
0: that's where the downhill bikes really start to come.
2: Well, alive. and
1: that
0: and riding all
1: day without getting beat up and worn out. Well, and also it's it's a little hard on your bike. You know, some of those enduro, and wearing out your bike. Yeah, some of those enduro bikes. You you know, you pound down. Twenty thousand feet of descending in the day, and um, you you can definitely feel like you you put a little bit of accelerated wear on your <laughs> enduro bike, and the downhill bikes take that abuse a little bit a little bit better, in, in my opinion. That's true.
2: Um, so even on your enduro bikes, maybe maybe think about picking up a set of like double down uh, double down tires. Or I mean, if you're switching battery. the tires out anyway, I
1: would just go full dual ply, which is. The double down is basically the foldable dual foldable ply. Foldable dual ply. Yeah. It's Tubeless. Or the, the my favorite, the Maxists, are the Schwalbe Super Gravities. Oh yeah, the Super Gravity. I've got a They're Super nice. Gravity Magic Mary in my car, ready to put on my one fifty three when it opens up. Vert Star <laughs> or Trail Star front or compound. Oh geez, I'll have to go look and make sure it's Vert Star. <laughs> the Vert Star is is uh, it wears fast, but oh, is it nice? <laughs> I, it sounds nice.
2: That Magic Mary tire is is pretty magic.
1: Yep, I'm,
2: I'm actually running that on my 5010 right now, not in the
1: super gravity uh, casing. But yeah, you have the trail skin one. Yeah, I have the I have the same thing on my 5010. Yeah, that's very nice. We might get into that
2: conversation a little bit later. So, anyways, gravity promo along with opening of summit uh, summit looks like it's opening up May 27th. Path bike shop, come on by between May 20th and May 29th for the gravity
0: promo specials going on that we talked about. Did we enter? Did we discuss the deadline for the photo contest? May eighth, this I think Sunday. we did. That, that's okay. coming
2: up quick. So Sunday, oh, May eighth, Mother's Day. Yeah, hurry up. Mother's Day coincides with our Mother's
0: Day special. And then over the hump, the first over the hump is next Tuesday, right?
1: Oh, don't remind me. Yes, it is. Are you racing? That Are you thing? racing? I th- I think I'm gonna gonna go race it. Um, but yeah, it's a. Uh, yep, I will go turn myself inside out for an oh, hour. Oh my gosh! Tuesday the tenth.
2: So, Tony, you want to race that again this year, last I'm year? I'm going to do at
0: least one or two of them. Let me know when you're going to do it, and maybe I'll go out and I'll do two. All right. We'll I, suffer together. We will. No, I'm definitely no visions of Grand Drive. I think I'm like 10, 10 plus pl- pounds lighter than I was last year, so I'm hoping that helps. <laughs> I'm hoping that's like three to five <laughs> spots in a sport. It really, yeah.
2: it, it could be. It takes, man. Last year, I turned myself inside out, and I, I think I finished, I don't know
0: where I finished. Uh, but anyways, it was a uh... the new course is going to be interesting.
1: Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing seeing the new course. I mean, I've heard he's up. To, you know, he's been up to some challenges because of the the changing of the land. But hey, we'll, it'll be something new, and it's it's a dirt crit anyway. And the well, I the, think
0: the challenge is mostly in having to make a new course on short notice. Yeah, I don't think that it's a worse um, set of of land to work with.
1: We'll see. Well, you know, for me, the big exciting thing about the over-the-hump races is how many people are there. I mean, you are shoulder-to-shoulder shoulder with someone a lot of the time, if not most of the time. And that, that I think, makes it exciting. You know, the course, sometimes they're good. Sometimes eh, they're something, right? They're dirt. Right. But the real exciting thing is racing with that many people. It's That's really fun. And and that many spectators cheering. It's it's a great experience.
0: I just remember Josh Jacob and that, like... I was giving it my all. I think I was on like toward, towards maybe the latter third of the race, Josh. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we had talked about not giving last names, but I, I suck. So, um, so I'm, you know, I felt like I was just pinned and, and Josh is looking at me just with disgust. <laughs> I can totally see that. <laughs> just like, he, he, and he said something along the lines of like, come on and try. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Josh is a cheeky
0: fellow. He is awesome. I, I told a story,
2: story in one of our early, earlier episodes about me wanting, almost DNFing because I was completely bonked on a on a race last year, and Josh seeing me Pedal pathetically towards him on a climb, and he's like,
1: "You're almost there, Rock." <laughs> <laughs> See, very, very different comments, but the undertone is still the same. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> it
0: was awesome. He's like a he's like a dry witted, mind reading Frenchman, <laughs> smart, smart Alec. <laughs> and we so, wish he was still here in Southern California. So the, uh, the the following over the hump race on the seventeenth is the path featured night. So come out in your path gear and party with us and hang out and have a lot of fun. and
1: We'll be doing special stuff that night.
0: Yeah, for
2: sure. I think I might. So Nathan, if you're if are you going to race all of these?
1: Uh, I'm I not sure. Depending how my schedule allows, but I'm I'm planning on trying to do quite a few of them, and they're great workouts too. I mean, it, the intensity that you get at those races is pretty solid. So yeah. Um, I've got the XC race bike. Strap on the Lycra. Let's let's go. Let's go. <laughs> awesome. Oh boy. <laughs> uh, maybe I'll come hand water bottles to you
2: <laughs> and snacks <laughs> while you whap me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'll just hold water bottles while I'm racing so you can pick them up as you pass me. <laughs> <laughs> nice. nice. You'll be my domestique on course. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's see. Maybe the last thing we've got to cover on on uh, shop news is, man, this this next event is, is a, a favorite. I, this is one of my first uh, memories of, of the Path Bike shop riding in the group is when we call it Bikes and Beers. It's coming up on May 29th, and we rally around it. That's a Sunday. Rally around at the shop. Um, uh, Let's see. What what time are we rallying around? Eight o'clock? We usually rally around eight. And so uh, hang out, drink some coffee beforehand, uh, pedal out. Someone might spike your coffee. Someone might spike your coffee um, or add a little coffee to your spike. (laughs) And... uh, Pedal out towards uh, actually pedaling all the way from the Path Bike Shop in Tustin all the way up to Santiago Oaks Regional Park at a very, very mm, reasonable pace. Uh, Lots of different paces, actually.
0: The basic, the gist of this is that um, we meet at the shop and then we meet later at the Tustin Brewing Company and everyone goes for a ride. Exactly. So starts in large groups and
2: spreads out. People go ride through Peters Canyon uh, and then up into Santiago Oaks and different. lots of different people, lots of different loops.
0: Yeah. Different people do different loops. So if you're not familiar with the ride or the, or the terrain, we can help you find someone who might be, or, or, or you, you know, you'll maybe can meet someone who is. And yeah. Then, yeah. Yeah.
1: Tons of people come on out, meet some new, new riding folk and um, yeah, maybe you'll find a new riding crew. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of
2: fun. And then ending up at the Tustin Brewing Company, uh, which
0: has good food, good beer, and good times. It's like a mountain bike party parade that degenerates into about eight huge group rides and then regroups at the Tustinbury exactly, Company. Exactly, into one giant after-party. after, after party.
2: Yeah, you, great yeah. event.
0: So Sometimes we get you know over 100 people out there. Yeah. And yeah.
2: one more time on the date. So that's May 29th, uh, Rally at the Shop. I think, again, check, check, ThePathBikeShop dot com. If you are there at eight, you won't miss it, and there will be someone there. <laughs> There'll be a few people there at yeah. the very least. <laughs> yeah. So May twenty ninth, eight o'clock at the at the Path Bike Shop in Tustin. Again, all of these things that we talk about, just go to the website uh, www.ThePathBikeShop.com. thepathbikeshop uh, dot com. You can check out services, rentals, and it has the rental fleet. Um, and you have events, which talks about the various races and uh, promos that are going on. It'll have information about the photo photo contest as well. So it's, it's just go there for a one-stop shop for all, all the shop news. Sweet.
0: Did you guys see how many new Intense demo bikes we got? Oh, my gosh. Like a true. dozen. Yeah, so. Oh, wow. I didn't know it was that many. I mean, oh, yeah, we got Tracers, Spider 29s. The new Spider twenty seven and a half carbons, like we got a lot of intense demo bikes. Yeah, yeah. that
1: Spider twenty seven and a half carbon looks good. Yeah, Auk, you got the list. i might miss yeah, just misspoke. A,
2: no, you, you got it right. There's uh, let's see, the Carbine twenty nine C Expert, you know, size large. You got the Spider twenty seven and a half C and medium large, twenty seven and a half C intense Spider, not medium large. Yeah, but so. It what's cool about the the website with all these different demos. There's at least there's at least a there's probably yeah I'm gonna say about a dozen ten ten to a dozen. Um, check out the website and they're spread between Live Oak and the te- and and the test and shop. So
1: uh, yeah, so feel free to give the shop a call and and schedule some of those demos. They're, they've got some great bikes out there. They're all super relevant bikes.
0: The Spider twenty seven and a half is progressive. The, yeah. new, the new carbon one v- 75 and degree seat angle super long reach shorter chain stages than a
1: 5010 yeah it's when i saw that after i ordered my 5010 i looked at that bike i was like whoa okay this is this is this is a uh if i knew that bike was out before i ordered my f- new 5010 i it would have been a, a hard one to, to balance it would
0: have been for me if the seat tube was a little shorter
1: ah uh, okay
0: the length of the seat tube on the medium for me is a little long with my stump legs.
1: Yep, yeah, because you guys run, both you guys run one fifty millimeter dropper post. Typically, we're on a one seventy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but
0: we, we really can't.
1: Got to run a fully hilted
0: one fifty instead. I guess.
1: <laughs> fully <laughs> hilted. That's awesome. Okay, that is that is the word of the show right there. That's a customer quote. <laughs> fully <laughs> famous
0: customer quote.
1: That's a good one. Fully We'll have it. to
0: have customer quotes someday. <laughs> <laughs> someday I'll read you guys oh, the letter we got about, oh, man, we'll have to circle back on that on
3: another episode. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, so uh, one of the things, like like Tony had mentioned, about the, the super steep seat tubes for stumpy legs, um, if you tend to ride with your saddle already um, in the shifted way back position, um, a really steep seat tube might cause you a little bit of issues with getting that seat far enough back in the rails.
1: Yeah, that's the trade-off. See, for me, I'm always slamming seats forward. I'm same same boat with Josh. Like when I used to ride with Josh, I could jump on his bike. They're about the same same saddle position. So it's um, yeah, for us tall guys. Well, I not look at it. Hilted. I look
0: <laughs> at it in terms of fore aft from yep. the tip. From the tip for from the saddle to the bottom bracket, and I bet even though you're all the way forward, I bet you have more fore aft because your saddle's so high.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's because it's going back as it's going up. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, cool, man. So I
2: think that pretty much wraps up, man. As I'm scrolling through here on the demo and rental bikes um, on the website, you guys should cruise over there. Uh, You've got a whole, a whole fleet of giant bikes. Uh, intense Kona's. We have
0: a half dozen demo rental bikes that I'm like trying to get around to riding. Like that's, I mean. So you guys should be think you everyone out there should also be thinking about getting around to riding a bunch of them too.
2: Yeah, Nathan. They've got the Santa Cruz Hightower. Ooh, in large I would like and extra large.
1: I would like to uh, to throw a leg over one of those soon. Yeah,
2: definitely. So cruise on over, um, and that. I think brings us to the conclusion of our shop news. A
0: lot of shop news. Sorry to give you guys so much so much spam. <laughs> Hopefully it's tasty.
1: Yeah. Well, uh so we we've got a list of things we we talked about uh, discussing tonight. Uh where, where do we want to start?
2: Man, just cuz I okay, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> a little wrap around it.
0: Are you excited about the new Tallboy? Oc? Is that what oh, you're oh talking about?
2: Uh, yes, I I am there it very is. excited about that new Tallboy.
1: Okay, yeah. So to fill in our listeners, um, yeah, we're we're recording on Cinco de Mayo last week, um, Santa Cruz. I think we all we all kind of s- saw it coming in one form or another, but um, Santa Cruz uh, finally released a fully redesigned Tallboy in the vein of all their new bikes with the Similar kind of upper link that was originally derived on the Nomad, or it's originally started on the Nomad, um, and a lot of the changes that we had kind of speculated did come through, and uh, I think um, the bike looks great, um, I, my opinion, and and you guys can, uh, I I think are somewhat on on point with uh, with this opinion as well, is that the the Tallboy. Pl- the Tallboy planted itself and and put its footprint solidly into light trail bike category and out of potential xc race category and we were kind of i think the debate was was it even there in the first place originally but i think uh undisputedly it's it's now in that trail bike uh position in their lineup it's basically a 29er 5010 in in many ways um geometry looks great it's longer lower slacker it's you know a lot of the things we always talk about um i think the colors look awesome super stoked that the no the non-pop color is not black and it's gray i think that's really sweet um and we will soon get a some actual ride time because Tani, yours is on the way should be here any day and the
2: path
0: actually, the shop actually has these in stock
2: no, no
1: we have
0: small and large yellow with an x01 kit in stock and a small gray with an x01 kit in stock and we're getting more trickling in pretty regularly
1: wait, wait, wait you know what actually i just realized something is this something new for the tall boys that there are smalls didn't it end at medium the old tall boy it at once it definitely ended at medium at, at one time oh, okay um
0: I'm not sure when the if I'm not sure if there was ever a small tall boy 2. This is the okay. tall boy 3 that we're talking about now. Yep. This yeah. is kind of a little
2: bit of a switch so Nathan Nathan has nothing but pop color uh, tall, uh Santa Cruz bikes. No, not that uh, kind of.
1: Know. Nope, my my latest 5010 I went with the non pop color, true. I went with the black one.
2: In the past Nathan's had all the the pop colors and I've been more on the the non pop colors, but man, again this past weekend I was at the shop looking at that the yellow yep. and
0: I really like that color. I almost regretted ordering the gray when I saw the yellow.
1: <laughs> what is going on? This is bizarre, man. You guys <laughs> like is. the pop colors and I, I like the non pop color.
0: <laughs> man, Superman where Well are I you? liked both colors <laughs> on the fifty ten. Okay. And, uh I like both colors on the Tallboy. Yeah, definitely. definitely, definitely, definitely. I'm really excited to kind of compare this this Tallboy to my current 5010, and kind of do some back to back rides
1: on them. Yeah, so that that was that was an interesting conversation we kind of had as we were setting up. As as um, we currently, as it stands right now, we all have current generation 5010. So mine mine is now up and running. I've given it a couple of weeks of ride time. Ock and Tawny both have uh current model year 5010. So we all have 5010s. And we were talking to Tawny like, hey, now you're getting a tall boy. Are you going to sell your 5010? And he said, interestingly enough, you're going to keep them both for a while just for comparison.
0: Yeah, I, I have some theories about how they're going to compare. And I want to be able to go back to the 5010 after I read the tall boy and and then go back to the Tallboy again and go back to the 5010 again and and really kind of see if my theories are are, are true or, or see if my and, and have a chance to go back and, and see if my memories about the 5010 are true after I ride the Tallboy and I mean my theory is that I'm pretty much going to be faster almost all the time on the Tallboy but that I'm not going to um, look as good doing it
1: ah okay Okay, that makes sense,
0: and that I'm not going to be quite as confident when it gets really, really, really steep, which maybe isn't the but I would the the trail I'd I would necessarily bring the fifty ten on anyway, but over the Tallboy maybe.
2: Yeah, we'll see. yeah, that'll be. I'll be more than happy to bring my fifty ten if you bring the Tallboy, and maybe we can.
1: Uh, that's right. You guys are close enough. You can swap bikes. I'll ride the tall boy on the climbs. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd be okay with that. I really like how 29ers <laughs> climb,
0: particularly because yeah. I can run narrow, light, low knob tires on 29s and still feel like they're they're getting enough traction to be fun bikes. Cool.
2: Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, I, I think that tall boy 5010 uh, comparison that you talk about probably – Almost always being faster is especially true at one of the local parks we ride at the the Santiago Oaks. It's where we do a lot of our demos out of the Tustin shop, where the trails really don't get steep enough to be. And again, this is a relative relative term where where a bigger travel or you know type of bike is going to really start to shine.
0: They don't get steep enough to where I start to get behind the saddle. In a real way, to where the tire rubs my butt, yeah, and deep, and they don't get steep enough to where I feel so defensive that it's hard for me to stay um, aggressive on the bars and weight the front wheel the way you need to with a twenty nine to turn. Yeah, very much so. I mean,
2: even in the most technical of those uh, of the trails, you can still stay
0: elbow out up over the bars. Very much so. Very yeah. much so. Even in that, like taco at the bottom of Old Goat. Yeah. No, that is yeah. that's probably the the spot in oaks that I'm most likely to kind of like push back behind the saddle and have a 29-inch wheel rub my butt. <laughs> but but if I'm feeling good and flowing, I'll run through that like centered over the bike with my elbows out. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. Very much so. Um maybe
2: just a quick rundown on the actual actual numbers on the on the tall boy. 68
0: degree head angle.
1: Nice. Uh, Reasonably slack for a trail bike.
0: I think that's the right number for that bike.
1: Yeah. One ten millimeter of rear travel with speck- specking with one twenty forks,
2: and that's the key. That's the key to pushing that bike into non XC, right?
1: Yep. For me, that that's that's the that tipping point. The, that was the signal to Nathan. The, si- the yeah, the, the bat signal was the one. Santa Cruz
0: signaled to Nathan that this is not an XC bike by like putting <laughs> one hundred and ten <laughs> millimeters of rear travel on that bike.
1: Yep.
3: It'll I be- want to
0: weigh. I want to weigh a frame. I think that to me that's. Because I'm I'm not convinced that a 68 degree head angle doesn't work for XC, and I'm not convinced that 110 millimeters of travel doesn't work. But it's if it's over, weight. if it's over five pounds, I was gonna ex- try to express it in grams, but yeah, <laughs> something like that.
1: <laughs> you see, that'd be like 2,200 grams. I mean, makes.
0: yeah, if it's much over 2,000 grams, yeah. then no, yeah, right? very much so,
1: yeah. It's gonna I'm I'm gonna be curious to see it if at our local cross country races some people start buying frames and building them up with hundred millimeter forks. Or one ten millimeter forks, which you can do. Well, with I mean, some you the see run guys run.
0: on enduros and 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 bro- and processes and bronsons and stuff at, at, at over the hunt, but they're not winning expert category or, or sport even. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm thinking.
1: I think the tipping point of the race category is what are we going to see in the expert class? Expert,
0: and, expert plus. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and are we going to see? I'm really curious to see if. In the next six months, I see a tall boy or two built up with a rigid post. Like they bought the frame and then they built it up with like low flat bars, full XC, rigid rigid post, rigid post. Um, so I'm really curious to see. There's if been if some I dropper post at XC races lately too, though. That's right. Yeah. What the the stir the talk of the town is Julian Absalon was running one at the last World Cup cross country race. Oh,
2: nice taking a taking
0: a page from um, from Lars's book. Yeah, who's also killing it right now.
1: Yeah, Larissa, yeah.
0: past guest of ours, is killing it right now. Very yeah, she. So. Uh,
1: yeah, just a little update on on Larissa Connors, uh pro bike racer for Ride Biker Alliance. Um, she got fifth at Whiskey Fifty, so yeah. good job for Larissa, and that's a in the money big fat check on the on the stage finish for that event. Very
2: much so. Very much so. You know what? I'll be interested. Like, so getting back to the tall boy, I'll be interested to see if that bottom bracket height is actually measures lower than their than the website um, um, measurement, which is thirteen inches.
0: Oh uh, okay. Which is nice and low. Twelve
2: ninety nine, yeah. Which yeah. is very low. Um I think I remember measuring the old tall boy at like twelve and three quarters. Although that was
0: with a shorter travel. You know yeah, it it will be interesting. You know what? Really caught my eye that I thought was noteworthy is, you know, on the X01 Tallboy, the stanchions on the Fox 34 are black. But that's the mid-level trim, right? Right. So for the new 34, for the mid-level fork, the stanchions are black. I thought that was a pretty clever
1: jab at, at, at RockShox. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Black's pretty
1: cool for our middle of the line. Yeah. <laughs> for our primo, we still have Kashima. The, but I want
0: for those customers who follow co- color signaling.
1: Yes.
2: So it'll be Tani, you brought up an interesting point about frame weight. I I think that's actually might be one of the key indicators about where Santa Cruz puts this. Cuz I I think that their their frame weights that are coming out on their like on the 5010 and on the the Bronson are actually little bit heavier than the previous generations it seems like it not a lot yeah. but a little bit
0: yeah we are they went from very 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 light to very 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 light right yeah. right
2: so it'll be interesting to see if where the tall boys
1: i think it's the longer links primarily is my primary theory longer links and i think the one thing i noticed is my new 5010 i think they bumped up the pivots to the the larger size like Pivots that used to be on the Bronson beefier hardware. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely beefier hardware. So,
2: would you consider uh, running your uh, running this tall boy in in plus size?
3: Uh oh.
0: <laughs> Do you want the extra bees? Yeah, I would consider lots of things that I wouldn't admit in public. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, that'll be interesting. So. I, I I for one definitely can't wait till you
1: get your bike because I would
2: like to ride it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> for sure, you can ride it. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. So yeah, definitely, definitely. If you um, remember to come by the shop if you want to see them. So sort of related, Nathan, you and I had this a
2: little bit of this discussion. Um, <clears throat> you guys maybe might have seen the hey hey. Uh, Kona Hey Hey uh, DL Trail. The ah, new yeah, the
1: Kona. Yep, the Hey Hey DL oh, man, Trail. I, yeah, oh my those gosh.
2: came in too. Oh, are they're you in. Kidding? Yeah, no those way. are in.
1: The carbon ones.
0: Oh no. Oh okay. <laughs> but we had been we had been waiting forever for just the aluminum ones. Oh, so uh, the okay. aluminum ones finally too. came in. Yeah.
1: Well, I when I was at Sea Otter, I saw they they showed the carbon one, Ooh. and it now. That's pretty cool. And that's like a they spec'd one out as a trail bike. It's got a hundred millimeters of travel. But the one that really made me go woo-woo was uh the team riders bikes. Uh Spencer Paxton and Barry Wicks have the um the full carbon uh frames, Hey hey's built out in full XC race regalia. And uh they look really lean and mean and uh anyway I would what what Ock and I were chatting about on our last ride is right now. If, if I personally, if I were to build up an XC race full suspension, I would really I would want to wait for that new uh, Kona Hey Hey carbon frame, and I would build that up as an full high posted XC race bike. But if I was going to air towards the trail side, I'd go I would go Tallboy, and I think that's that one hundred versus one one ten millimeter travel that's kind of a, a tipping point on that but regardless i think the um i know i don't think kona's going to have the hey hey carbon in a race build in the us i think it's going to be europe only but i think it would make an awesome xc race bike we'll
0: have to see if they want to like bring in a pallet for us or something that would be awesome we've done that before on europe only models <laughs>
2: So, if you check out konaworld dot com they've got the uh the hey hey deluxe carbon it is yeah it's it's actually on the website yeah, so uh Nathan, you and I were talking it
0: It is actually fully boosted, bro no, oh man, I didn't
1: think it was fully boosted <laughs> it bro is fully boosted bro.
0: i mean, if a new bike comes out now and it's
1: not um yeah it I almost feel like you don't even have to ask, I mean. It's yeah. It's, d- it's out of the I d- bag. It's it, everything's getting boosted. Fully boosted. Fully boosted. Ah, dang it! So,
2: just a quick comparison of some. Um, uh, what do we call them? barbarian
3: units?
1: Barbarian. Yeah. Are you gonna Are you gonna start talking in barbarian units? I am. Okay, I won't. So the reach on the hey hey is on a medium.
2: We'll talk large since we're talking with nathan here
1: okay yes what is the reach on a large in millimeters is a 455 oh that's a
2: good number what is it on a large
0: new tallboy three
2: so the large tallboy three
0: i bet it's 445 you're you're probably right nathan and and i'm sorry i don't we the cabal probably got together and decided (laughs) that it would be 10 millimeters (laughs) less
1: the illuminati that decides where (laughs) what frame geometry should happen Santa Cruz, you will be on the shorter side by 10 <laughs> millimeters. Yeah, The
0: same people who uh, tricked people into loving 29ers and 27 and a halves, and who will someday trick them back into loving 26. Ah, that's right. And uh, they'll, they'll teach them by riding it in chemtrails. <laughs> Are you kidding? It's 450. 450? Boom. 450. Boom. Boom. Boom.
1: Santa Cruz is learning.
0: And longer, each, longer. Each one, each model is successively longer.
1: <laughs> I know, just a little bit longer. Every five millimeters
0: time. each time. I know they, they're they going to just... do it five millimeters at a time till till it's too long.
1: <laughs> yep,
3: four
0: fifty. That's impressive.
1: And and and. So wait, wait, just just to give our listeners a little bit of background is, so yes, they have been getting longer. The high ball, I think, is four fifty reach. But I bought an extra large high ball to get a four fifty reach but you get a 450 reach on a large tall boy.
2: Very much so.
0: Man, That this goes back to that podcast where you're like, no, my highball's new. I was like, it's
1: not really the new thinking at Santa Cruz. (laughs) Well, that's why I had to size up. (laughs) But I I was able to sneak it in and size up because I didn't need to fit a dropper post on it. There you go. That's
2: right. So it is kind of interesting that the bottom bottom bracket drop on the uh, Hey Hey is less it's a 34
1: Kona tends to run higher bottom brackets I think because of their environment
2: hmm very much so 34 versus
1: 40 not pro- the, not on the process 153 I think it's a it's a touch higher than some of the competitors it's very very close it is very I would agree that it's very very close I believe it's 13.2 I, I think that I, uh, I,
0: and for a one for a 6-inch travel bike that's low
1: yeah true Consider running one seventies. So I, I am running one seventies <laughs> on that bike. Consider, I did. I am.
2: Oh my gosh.
1: So and the, flat pedals most of
0: the time lately. I know. I've oh. been really digging the flats. Nice. Yeah.
2: So, so just as point of comparison, the bottom bracket drop, bottom bracket drop on a Santa Cruz with a one ten real rear travel is at forty millimeters.
0: A so, Santa Cruz Tallboy three.
2: Tall, yeah, Tallboy three. And so that's forty millimeters. That puts it at again barbarian units, twelve point nine nine. And on the on the Kona Hey, hey DL, uh, the new carbon is the bottom bracket drop with a hundred mils of travel is thirty four. A little taller. Okay. Uh, however, chainstay stay length is four thirty on the, the Hey Hehe D L.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And chainstay stay length on ooh, yeah. Chain stay length on the um santa cruz is 432
0: you so. know what though too for that pure race pedigree maybe just a hair higher because you're not going quite as fast as you might. i mean you're going very fast but you're not like blazing fast downhills a lot of the time right and um so that mid-speed agility with the taller bottom bracket is good, and it helps you get that bar drop that a lot of cross-country racers like. Right. Because if your bottom bracket is too low, it's hard to get the bars low enough, you know, right. relatively low. Yeah. Yeah, definitely.
2: Man, that uh, – so according to the – I wonder, any word on when those might be coming in?
0: I think sooner than later. I think maybe this month or next. The You mean by those, you mean the carbon hey-hey trails? But yes, hey-hays.
1: carbon hey haze. Yes.
0: Yeah, I think soon. Pretty exciting. Yeah,
2: definitely.
1: Nice. I like the color. I like the green and black. Yeah, that green and black is
2: very cool. So, yeah, so man,
0: hey hey DL Carbon. I just want to say one more thing about like the Tallboy 5010 comparison. Mhm. The way 29er's corner they really make you arc turns. They won't they really they really slap you around for apexing turns or for blowing turns up. Which yes. blowing turns up is bitching. Yes. But
1: mm-hmm. it's not fast. Now for our <laughs> listeners' sake, because that's I mean, I know what you're talking about blowing turns up. Can you maybe describe that so a little bit? So when you more? blow
0: a turn up, it's you ha- you go full speed into the turn and you initiate the turn late you maybe never hit the brakes or maybe you hit them late and then you initiate the turn late and then you just, I mean, usually there's like a drift you might, there might, if there's a berm, you kind of bang into it instead of kind of carving it. Um, so it's more of a slapping turn, more of a, um, a hard apex, um, definitely outside pedal down, definitely, um, spitting dirt off your tires and losing speed. Yep. Right. Where um, a more arcing turn will be initiated earlier and end later and it will carry more speed and um, have less of an apex, less of a point a single point of you know that 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 the initial turn I was describing it, basically the turn all takes place in one moment as opposed to a turn that takes place over maybe even over seconds.
1: okay. And arguably that arcing turn is more efficient and that's why a lot of people might find that on 29ers, they're actually overall going faster, even though it doesn't feel faster. Well, it's it feels one, less aggressive. It's
0: one example, I think, of how the 29 encourages a fast riding style but not necessarily a bitching riding style. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay. That makes sense.
0: And I think there's lots of examples of that. Yeah, but no, I do I'm... love how 29ers turn. I love how they carve arcs and I think there's a lot of confidence, and you lean it over, and it begs you to lean it over more. It digs in, and there's tons of bottom bracket drop. And you almost can't lean it over far enough. Or too much, yeah. You just lean it, lean it, lean Keep it, lean leaning, it. Leaning. it. It's like a downhill bike almost, even an XC29er in that respect. And oh, that
2: okay. That is kind of interesting because, like you said, especially at the local park, San Diego Oaks, where like the trails really don't get... Gnarly enough to really need longer travel and what have you there. All
0: that arcing turn style really rewards in high in speed. Yeah, and the the way the turns are designed too. I think um, nothing's quite a hard apex. Right, right, very much so. But there well, are a lot like- of other trails in around here started off as forest service trails and hiking trails, and they have a lot of hard, They're not designed to have flow on a mountain bike. So, they have okay. a lot of hard
1: apexes. Yeah, that's true. I would agree with that. So, like, say you go down to Laguna Wilderness or Lisa Woods. Right. Yeah, trails that have evolved from hiking trails or goat trails or things like that. Yeah, that would be actually,
2: you know, maybe a day where you ride both parks
0: with both bikes. Mm. Especially since you're
1: going to keep both for a little bit. For a little bit.
0: I'm gonna. I'm, I'm. I can't. I can't afford to keep both for very long. <laughs> Fair enough. We've all had that. I'm gonna have to pay Santa Cruz for the Tallboy pretty soon, and then I'm gonna have to sell the Fifty
2: Ten. <laughs>
0: <laughs> awesome.
2: Yeah. So that Tallboy, man, the Tallboy is exciting. The Hightower, that's an exciting bike too. There's a lot of
0: a lot of good bikes. The Hey Hey Tr- Hey Hey Dia. D- yeah. Oh, and there's so many coming. I I think there's a giant in my very near, near future. I, I can't really say much more than that right now.
1: Well, I mean, word on the street, at least the rumors I heard floating around were, I thought I was going to see something new at Sea Otter, and I didn't yet. So ex- looking forward to some new stuff from them. And that's all I know. I really don't know anything more There was supposed to be something new at Sea Otter. And I didn't see anything new at Sea so Otter. So there's going to be a bunch
0: of new giants, and there, and some of them are going to be really exciting. Some of them... Might not. My some of them might be. Well, there might be some e-bikes, which for me is kind of controversial, and I'm still exploring my feelings on it. And I kind of I have two kind of diametrically opposed views of it living inside of me. <laughs> have we talked about e-bikes on the show at all? A little bit, little bit, not a lot. So we're. I mean, at the path we're trying to decide whether or not we're going to stock e-bikes, and we're pretty sure it would be good business, but we're not pretty sure that. It's our, th- our thing. So this is what we're trying to explore. And uh, I think for most of our listeners, the arguments against e-bikes are pretty obvious. Like, you know, we're, there's concern that it will be that it will anger other trail users and be used against us as ammunition to get trails closed off to us. There's concern that there's all kinds of concerns that, you know, jerks will end up on the trail who wouldn't have been there and all, all this kind of thing. But the thing that kind of gets me is, like, we have this customer who had heart surgery and he used to ride all the time. And his doctor told him he can't do high intensity for maybe ever again. But he still gets to go mountain biking because he got an e-bike. And he still gets to have a low-intensity workout. And it's like, okay, like, I have a hard time not helping this guy accomplish that goal. Yeah, for sure. So yeah. so I'm pretty conflicted about e-bikes. I guess maybe we'll talk more as that conflict plays itself out. But yeah. I welcome listener comments on e-bikes,
1: both for and against.
2: Yeah, that'll be interesting. So again, Nathan, where do we send our questions?
1: Um, yeah, always well, yeah, questions or comments uh sales at the com, and uh you know, please put uh podcast question or podcast comment in the uh in the uh subject line so we can kind of find them right away and make sure we separate them out yeah definitely e-bikes
2: i think that's going to be for those of you listening send us your thoughts and questions for
1: better or for
0: worse we're all going to see a lot of e-bikes in the future Uh, on the roads maybe on the trails and uh it's going to be interesting i I
2: already see them on the on the trails i commute i commute on my bicycle uh to work
1: and when you say trails though you mean the Pa- Path sure, bike paths, paved bike yeah. paths, yeah. Paved, paved bike, bike paths. paths. Yeah, so yeah.
2: they're already definitely already out there on the paved bike paths. We're going to see more and more on the on the mountain bike trails, on the dirt trails. Yeah, it is kind of funny. The initial thought of why can't I catch Grandma on the <laughs> <laughs> on
0: the beach cruiser? <laughs> well, and I, as a downhiller, there's part of me that's like, okay, so I could get an electric motor to like go do shuttle runs over like shuttle type riding. Yeah. without a shuttle. That's pretty compelling, or it yeah. could be, yeah. or it could be a fiasco, right? <laughs> um, and, and also, there's the thing of like, is it heavy? Is it going to handle well? And all that, yeah. like, I don't know. I don't know. Just a few years ago, our our, our um, downhill bikes were weighing forty pounds. Even I mean, that was considered
1: a light downhill bike yeah. not that long ago. Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah. I mean, I remember some fifty-pound pound down bikes.
1: <laughs> the era of the monster T. I. I uh, the the, monster. Whenever you say fifty-pound downhill bike, I think a uh, Brooklyn Machine Works with a monster oh, tee.
3: Man. Yeah,
1: yeah, like three or four sprockets, lots like, of steel, lots of
0: steel, maybe like I don't know, like probably two, three, four pounds of oil <laughs> in
2: that <laughs> fork. Yep,
0: I think your stab
2: might have been getting there. Yeah, and was
0: I think it was about forty-three. Yeah. Oh, wow. Your Kona stab. Yeah. It was not even a... I mean, that was when the stab was basically a stinky frame with a dual crown fork on it.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Was that a monster T you had on that?
0: No, it was a super T. Oh, that's right. Which is a great fork. Yeah. Yeah. A little flexy for a downhill fork.
1: Yeah. I I think it had like 32
0: millimeter (laughs) (laughs) stanchions.
1: My, how far have we come? So if
2: any of you guys have a, a Kona Stab, I think it was silver and black.
0: Stab Deluxe. Yeah. Man, with a, with a Super T fork on it and your think I got somewhere. I think I got second and expert at the Fontana Super D on that bike one time. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Send us a picture of it. Man, that, that would bring back memories.
2: Um. Oh, yeah. I remember you doing cutting. One of the first. Man, that's weird how you have first memories of people. One of the first memories I have of you is doing cutties on cuties on the Super T or Cutties on the stab and I think we were going to go ride the luge.
0: For those of our listeners who don't do cutties, we're not talking about like getting a razor blade out and like slicing <laughs> oh, my forearm so I can feel something. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Although I would love to feel something. <laughs> man, that's really interesting. Cuties are when you do kind of like such a hard turn that it turns into like a little slashing drift basically. Yeah, very much so. And, and, you know, we like to do those to kind of get our bikes and bodies warmed up and, and test our tires and test our suspension and, and get, get in the flow and rhythm of what our bikes are going to do when we, when, when we when the
1: trail demands something like that from them, kind of like when indie cars are warming up and swerving back and forth a little bit, <laughs> kind of like that. And, <laughs> that, and that you know what?
0: Is. That's a great. You know, a great one of the things that I started doing early on in my racing days was watch what really good riders do right when they get on their bike. And one of the things I noticed is that a lot of them do some cuties, but some of the other things I noticed is that a lot of them get on their bike and they kind of bounce. You know, they flex their ankles and and, and just kind of bounce the bike. Like not bounce the bike off the ground. squish, squish. Squish, squish with like ankle flexion. Yeah. And it's super prevalent. If you ever watch like expert pro level downhillers jump on a bike, almost without fail, they do this little bounce, bounce move with their ankle flexion. And it's waking up their ankles: It's waking up your ankles it's wake it's kind of getting in touch with the bike. It's making sure it, at that time if you've got a, like a blown suspension or a low tire, you'll feel it. Do a couple of cutties and a couple of bounces and you'll know if you you got a pretty good feel for if your bike is ready to ride and if your body's ready to ride and if your body and bike are working together.: yeah that's an- that, that makes sense. Bounce, bounce, squish, squish, cutty, cutty. Bounce, bounce, squish, squish, cutty, cutty. Before you do that, you just as you're getting on the bike, give the brake leverage. The old PK squeeze. The PK
1: squeeze. <laughs>
0: awesome. Yeah, and there's actually a lot to
2: be said about waking up. Various uh, various aspects of your
0: nice air talk. <laughs> uh
2: Various aspects of your uh, 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 body as you get ready for different different workouts, waking yeah. up your hips, you know, oh, kind yeah. of doing some of the stretches to, to wake up your hips, uh, wake up your, to activate your glutes, uh, get your breathing going, get your breathing going. Um, yeah. Yeah.
0: Bounce, bounce, squish, squish, cutty, cutty. Wake up the ankles. <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah. No, if there's a tip we've given you on the, if you are an aspiring gravity r- rider, that's not already really, really fast, maybe a beginner or like mid sport level rider. I would say if there's a tip we've given that can help you. Oddly enough, that's it. That and look yeah. look where you want to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> look past
1: look through the turn. Yep. Keep your head up. Well, yeah, uh nice. we've actually we're we're pretty deep into the show, but there was one thing we had talked about uh sharing some shop prank stories.
0: Are we going to do shenanigans, shop shenanigans. pranks? This, should should we do some shenanigans? Are we
1: clean to this point? I think we're clean. This is going to tip us over. If if you go to the story I, that I that will, I mean, make me laugh thoroughly. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the funniest shop stories I've ever heard. Ever. So How can we not tell it now? So
0: we're going to do shop pranks. We're going to start with some lighter ones, and I'm going to try to think of the Joe Leno way to explain the last one. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> I think I think Joe Leno could could tell this story and keep it clean. And as, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna give my best tribute to Joe Leno. I'm okay, to keep it clean. But wait, let, Jay Leno or Jay, Jay Leno. Whoever whoever was that Jay. guy that um The late night show? Yeah, the guy that, that uh Conan O'Brien and him oh, yeah. Jaylen. Jay Jay, Jalen, Jay 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 my apologies. I've had one and a half beers. You're thinking of Joe Rogan and <laughs> Joe Jay Rogan. And I know yeah, you know it's yeah. like I once dated a girl who had this great tagline. She would always say zero to horny and two and a half beers. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like almost there. <laughs> nice.
2: That's <laughs> a good tagline. We're, we're towing
0: the line right now, okay, guys?
2: <laughs> yeah. We could yeah, we could I, still we be clean. Could tow the line. Yeah, I think Ben,
0: still clean? Still Still clean? clean. (laughs) So I I think the all-time classic shop prank that anyone who's worked in a shop long enough has either done this prank or been victim to it is you wait till someone is using the restroom. Maybe they're in there too long. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And you... Shove a tube under the door, and then with the air compressor, you start blowing the tube up. <laughs> oh no! And they know it's and coming. You don't stop. <laughs> oh, no. Um, it's a good move to try to fill the tube with like some baby powder, or worse.
1: Oh, <laughs> oh man, there's a lot a lot of
0: things you can put in the tube if you do a Schrader tube with the mo- removable yeah, valve core. Yeah, very cord. much so. Um, so that's a classic shot prank. <laughs> Has anyone done that recently? No, no. This is you know a couple times in yeah, the in, yeah. in eighteen years, but I know that most shops worth their salt have experienced this prank. Yeah, <laughs> very much so. I mean, I I know if you go around and talk to shop employees and ask them if they have heard of or seen this, most most seasoned shop rats have witnessed this prank. Yeah, most seasoned shop rats have sniffed saddle. <laughs> 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 I've worked in a shop. And at the Path, we do not do that, but most seasoned shop rats <laughs> have sniffed saddle. <laughs> oh, it's the dark
1: side. And, you know, there's always talk of putting stuff in your coworker's seat tube. Right. Yeah. The ball bearings or a piece of rebar or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. All yep. of a sudden, your bike suddenly weighs more. Filling someone's tubes with water was y- one. Yep. A good one. Yep. That'll suddenly, all of a sudden, your bike is substantially heavier. Supplying someone's grips or saddle with strange or offensive
0: smells is always (laughs) fun. Yep. There's lots of sources of strange and offensive smells out in the world. Yep. So for the record, we don't do these things to customer bikes. We do them to our coworkers and and really mostly only those of our coworkers who we like the best. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Well, and I I think, <clears throat> the uh, inner tube, or the tubes filled with uh, water, man, that reminds me of, it's not even a prank, but it's it's a, it's a consequence of showing up to one of the uh, annual bike rides.
0: Oh, uh, push it on with too light of a bike. Yeah. So w- yeah. An- another classic that I heard, this did not take place at The Path. I think this is like a little too mean for The Path. Like, we're not quite this mean girls. But... <laughs> Someone who works at a different bike shop, and these are actually really nice guys. Someone who works at a different bike shop told me that the owner of that bike shop, who he sees as a father or brother and loves, once removed his chamois directly from like a four-hour ride and rubbed it in his face. Oh, oh man. no! So that's a pretty harsh, harsh prank. Yeah, I mean that one. I don't know if I. They must be really good friends. <laughs> I don't know if I could like. I, I don't know if I really could pride that. myself on being able to take a joke and dish one. I really do, but that might be out of my depth. I That's, don't know if I could take. Like, I don't know if fresh, I could take wet that. other man chamois in my face. Oh Oof.
2: no, no, man.
1: no! Nine, That's pretty rough. nine. Yeah, that is. Oh
0: man,
2: yet because I was just suffering from that, like just gnarly stinky. After a long ride this past weekend, oh, oh, we'll have to talk
0: about that in the future. So, <laughs> wash your
2: shorts, and I can't imagine like rubbing that in someone's face.
0: Well, that's another thing, and this is a really good point, Ock. I I hide the smell of my feet and the smell of my taint from others.
2: <laughs> I, I really try
0: to do that, like to the point where if I could
2: sort of. <clears throat> I will leave a a social situation when when I'm getting to that point. I would be horrified if I thought someone smelled my crotch rot. (laughs) The crotch rot. I don't know about you, but I sort of feel the obligation to say, I stink, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, it's like an apology. Like if someone's within like eight feet of me taking <laughs> exactly. my pants off. I'm like, yeah. dude, I
0: stink, I'm sorry, like stay away.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I don't think this towel's holding in the smell. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> this This towel is not sufficiently holding in my thunder. <laughs> you know, I, I got to just
2: leave these the chamois in the bed of the truck on the ride home.
1: Oh, Lord. You no. Know?
0: Do you guys think we're warmed up for the Grand (laughs) Pooh Bob shot? Give me the – we got to hear
1: it. I want to hear it again. It was so good. It's
0: so good. So this was some time ago, (laughs) and the recipient of this prank, um, about 20 years old, and lots of – just a real funny person. Lot, well, well, hang on. Made a lot, of, told a lot of really funny jokes and was the butt of a lot of really funny jokes.
1: Now, is this, is this? It's so it's a, kind it. of a prank, but kind of a situation. Well,
0: I would say it's a mystery.
1: Okay, okay. It's
0: either a prank or just something really funny that happened. Okay, <laughs> Are Fair you enough. kidding? <laughs> yeah, it's a mystery.
3: <laughs> it, it's a mystery. Oh, my okay. God. There's right. certain
0: aspects of the story that make it seem like maybe it wasn't a prank. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> once upon a time... In a bike shop long, long ago. A galaxy far, far away. We received a very strange package. (laughs) And this package was something that all of us had only heard of. (laughs) Um, I think you can... You you might be able to say dildo and stay clean.
3: Well, Um, we, We
0: just did. We'll see if that's clean. So let's just say it wasn't a dildo. Yeah. But it was... A sex toy for a man—the male equivalent thereof. I guess you could say it was the male equivalent of thereof that maybe sometimes it's described first with the term "pocket." <laughs> <laughs> so it's like pocket dot dot yeah, dot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys get the pocket female <laughs> dot. Yeah, yes. Where, where does it? Where does? Where does your saddle bother you? <laughs> oh, yes. Man. So. It, yeah, so our receiver <laughs> opens up the box and pulls out the pocket thing. Yeah. <laughs> and um Now,
1: and with the understanding that the bike shop has a guy that you know all what? things come through. You know what? I think my memory is a little off. I think it actually
0: wasn't that. I think actually it was like a um a machine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> that performs an act that we can't talk about
1: if we want to stay clean. Oh man, dude. But like um thus that would be performed by a chicken head. According <laughs> to the Dave Chappelle show. Oh, man.
0: So, in any event, it was something that a man would use to uh replace a woman. A woman's orifice. (laughs) I think... This is going going down. I don't think... I think the orifice (laughs) might actually be a a, a head orifice, but I'm not sure. So, (laughs) which...
3: Moving right along. It's not, really, it's
0: not really the point of the thing. Okay. So needless to say that the young man, it was addressed to a young man who worked at the shop. This, this item was addressed to a young man, and it was, like, ordered from a mail order outlet that sold toys of this kind. So everyone was blown away, and everyone thought it was absolutely the most fantastic thing ever that this was showing up at the bike shop addressed to said person. Yeah, yeah, and let's just let's just call him C. C was just <laughs> C was kind of like bright red. And uh <laughs> Brad was was like, "Oh, so this isn't yours?" And he's C was like, said, "No." No, he's like <laughs> stammering and red and like starting to sweat. And then but I was like, all right, well, I'll just take it then. <laughs> and then this is the part of the story where I don't know if it was a prank because that's when C came and grabbed it out of his hand and like ran out to his car with it. <laughs> oh, oh, oh,
3: man.
1: I think now the story, the, the version I heard, there was, there was quite a bit of, no, my buddies steal my credit right. card. They do a prank. It's total. Right. They hacked my Facebook. I can't oh, believe they do this. Gosh. It's totally ridiculous. And I believe it's. Again, the story I heard is that the item was then placed on the the collection rack, <laughs> basically where where parts that get ordered. It was placed on for multiple days, right?
0: Right. And there was it was a so it, standoff.
1: It sat up. There was a little bit
0: of a standoff.
1: It sat up there for multiple days, and then I think the decision was, well, if no one's going to take it,
0: then uh, no, I'll take it. <laughs> Yeah, I do think there was some challenge. There was some moment where someone kind of caught him with a like, "Oh, I'm taking it then." And right, I don't know.
1: A decision was immediately had to be
0: made. It was probably good for productivity that it went away. <laughs> Not that we were using it, I just like to clarify. <laughs> oh,
3: oh, well, we so- were
0: using it for maybe its intended purpose, which is comedy. <laughs> exactly. Oh man, its best purpose.
2: <laughs> Could that possibly have been a
1: prank? No. Well,
0: Mr. brilliant prank.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh yeah, that was a that was a very solid shot, shot prank, prank story. Yes. I love it. I hope our listeners are th- as thoroughly entertained as I was the first time I heard that story. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard the whole story. That is awesome. Yeah.
2: And C, wherever you are, if these walls could talk, <laughs> wherever you are, C,
1: <laughs> what if C is listening? Highly doubt it. <laughs> All right. Oh, uh, any other shop pranks um, that we want to go over? That's,
2: that's I. I don't
0: think we can go. We can't there. follow that with another one.
1: No. Man. Um. Would you guys like to hear about? My first couple of weeks of uh, transition patrol carbon.
0: Oh my gosh. So, So how is it different than your Nomad? What jumps out at you?
1: So, I think the one, one of the big things that jumps out at me from the Nomad or the process, or the, uh, it's close to the process. It's been, it's been a good, good, you know, better part of a year that I've been on the process 153. But um, I would say compared to the Nomad. The the chain stays are a touch shorter. It don't, on paper it only says three millimeters, but it feels a little bit. It the stay so. I have a theory on this. The stays are just a little bit shorter. I bet you sagged there a little even. It's it does it so the the transition. Carbon Patrol recommends that you run it about 35% into the SAG, which is a little bit more than a lot of bikes. I think it's a little bit more than I was running on on the Nomad. I bet it doesn't have as
0: much chainstay growth, though, too.
1: Probably doesn't have as much chainstay growth. Um, but the reach is longer. The reach is substantially longer, like almost to an extra-large Nomad size. Yes. And that oh, is man. where the relative chainstay length feels shorter. So the front end feels a lot longer. The rear end is a, a smaller percentage of the overall wheelbase. I can definitely feel that. The rear suspension feels more um, predictable and linear, uh, whereas the VPP kind of has that softer mid stroke, which a lot of people like. Um, on the transition, it's a little. It feels a little bit more linear, um, so it seems to ramp up more predictably through the travel. Um, I, I, I really like that. Because the bike is sagged lower, it feels like it has a much lower bottom bracket. And I'm strongly considering going to 170 millimeter cranks, which transition specs on almost all their builds. Because mm. I have 175s on it, and I think it's going to be a tough time getting, getting away with that anymore um, on a bike that's sagged so deep. Uh, I'm, I am running it with a one, my 170 Fox 36 fork instead of the 160. So it's a little bit taller front end.
0: Have you been getting pedal strikes?
1: Uh, I think I have been getting... It feels like I've been getting pedal strikes, and I think it's just where, where the rear end sags. It sags a little lower. Um, steeper seat angle, definitely can feel that just a touch. Um, the 65-degree head angle feels the same as the Nomad, but I think that, to me, feels a little bit better over the... or I guess on super steep terrain, it feels a little bit better than the process did at the 66 and a half. Um, feels nice and the frame feels nice and stiff. You know, carbon frame. Um, uh, putting it together, it was great. Definitely had to go through all the pivots, make sure everything was solid and loctited and greased appropriately. Um, it came with a bolt-on rear axle, and I I bought a DT rear axle that had a quick release lever on it because I wanted to make sure I could take the rear wheel off without a tool um threaded bottom bracket, really nice um yeah so all in all i'm i'm really happy with it it uh i was immediately comfortable on on the bike it's a good looking bike yeah it looks good um full-size water bottle no problem fits in the frame J- just one though just just one full-size water bottle there's not one there's not a belly bottle on it
2: well that's where the um the process you can't carry one inside the frame
1: yeah you got to run a belly bottle on the process and on the nomad you could only run a small water bottle inside the frame and so that's kind of a nice thing on the transition i can run a full-size bottle inside the frame um let's see uh oh yeah ox showing us the the video um (laughs) The tubes and tube system did make the cables a little bit easier than if they had left it out. <laughs> to take a quote from their marketing video, <laughs> um, the one thing that's kind of a bummer, and they, you know, they made the decision, and some people like it, some people don't. It's an internal routed rear brake hose through the main frame, which I'm not thrilled about. And actually, um, I kind of built the bike late one night, and I did not cut the hydro line, and I just stuck on some stick on guides on the outside right now and i'll eventually cut the line and run it through properly but right i just need to get some time in my garage and sit down and actually i hate doing hydraulic work i hate doing <laughs> i i get like it's ah uh, i get i really procrastinate on hydraulic work i have brand new saint brakes on this bike and um I haven't cut the lines. They're super long. I just like, I, it, you know, it's the, the carpenter's house syndrome, right? Like I just don't want, I really don't feel like shortening the lines. Are they long enough to do the loop and the chainstay? Uh, uh no, no, I don't do the extra loop to take up the slack. Um, it's a, it's a large, it's a pretty long bike. Yeah. It's a long run. Right. So it's, it doesn't, it's not super, super long, but any mechanic worth its salt would look at it and go, Hey, it's about four inches long. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, really happy with the bike. Um, you know, I so I think in this vein, I've run the Kona Process 153, um, the Santa Cruz Nomad, and now I'm on the Transition Carbon Patrol. And they're all great bikes. You can't go wrong with any of them, but I'm definitely excited to put some time on the uh, Transition Carbon Patrol. And I will be racing that, well, assuming everything works out and there's no issues between now and then, I plan on racing that trans, Provence. trans- Provence. Which is, I looked at my calendar at work the other day and is barreling down mighty quick. And it's, uh, my flight's booked, everything's done, I need to get the insurance policy. Oh, sorry, side note. This is total a diversion, but I did have a listener actually stop me on the trail at one point in our local area. He saw me is he's like, I don't know, somehow he recognized me Is he's like, Hey, are you on the Path Podcast? <laughs> we got to talking and he actually mentioned, he had a question and, um... Kind of a specific question, but if anybody does do international travel, in this case I having to do the trans I had to get a specific um, insurance plan. It was really hard for me to find one that um, was appropriate for that, for that race. Uh, and I'm not saying this will be exactly the right case for all international races, but if this ever comes up, where I ended up going, it's called Good Neighbor Insurance in Gilbert, Arizona. And they have a a a travel plan called the Bupa plan. And that's a very common carrier in Europe. The Bupa. The Bupa insurance plan from Good Neighbor Insurance in Gilbert, Arizona. It's a good place to start if you ever need an international, I'm going racing international health insurance, or, uh, you know, evacuation plans, that that whole What can you expect to pay for something like that? Uh, For, for the, I got it for two weeks. So to have a little bookend on the event, And it was two hundred bucks. That seems like a great deal. Yeah, yeah. That's like cheaper than like my normal health insurance
0: in America. Almost. Uh, About the same. I pay for about four hundred bucks a month.
1: Yeah, and well, this was this was in addition to, um, this was this was in addition to uh, my regular health insurance. But the this the makes you have specific. Like, it has to cover competition, downhill mountain biking, like the whole nine yards. Right. And helicopter evacuation and, you know, and it, and this one... this he- one was health, the most, in-
0: health insurance is kind of weird in foreign countries, too.
1: It is a little weird, and it does cover you to an extent, but they, you know, this particular race really wanted you to have this additional coverage. And oddly enough, once I got there, it took me like three months to finally figure this out the first time I went. And then once I got there... Um, a couple of the other Americans were like, "Yeah, this is where we ended up stumbling across too, and they use the same insurance plan." So, anyway, I, I it took me three months to find it. And if this helps any of our listeners in any situation where you got to race overseas or you go do a race like this and you need that insurance plan, uh, good neighbor insurance, Gilbert, Arizona. It's this little insurance com- like travel insurance company, and they happen to have this plan.
0: Going back to your comment on the brake lines. Oh yeah. Have you done the bleedless brake line shortening before?
1: I have if I'm careful. And every once in a while I've tried to do that. And, like, you cut the line, you're holding the line.
0: Yeah, it's like maybe 80% at best.
1: Yeah, there's been times when I'm holding the line and it gets away from me and it flicks. And it flicks out some fluid and you're like, well, you oh, know, i got to bleed you, you it. You can again. refill it. Oh, Really? Just like a so little encapsulation like of that. You
0: know that. You, okay, so you know when you cut the line, it kind of crushes the line, and it kind of creates a bubble. It squeezes some fluid out and creates a bubble.
1: A little bit. Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: And the trick is, you you um, take maybe some safety wire and dip it in fluid and take and drop drops of fluid back into the line and fill the line back up. Ah. Okay. Good trick. And it really works. It really nice. works. This I think with that trick you get. You still have to test the brake, and, and every once in a while, you still might have to bleed it. But w- with a little bit of care in that trick, I think you get about an 80-plus percent per su- success rate.
1: Oh, good to know. Good I think you know. might
0: have done that for me once. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. This is one of my old crafty guy tricks. <clears throat> nice.
1: So, so where have you ridden the transition? So the transition, I built it up. So what are we? This is Thursday. Um, so last...
2: Oh, you wrote it with Luke.
1: Yeah, last weekend was my first weekend having it. I wrote it all weekend. I wrote it Friday. So I built it up Thursday night and I wrote it Saturday. Uh no, I'm sorry. I gotta go back another weekend. I built it up two weeks ago and then wrote it all the previous weekend. Oh, last nice. weekend I raced at Rim Nordic. Right. Um and so the previous weekend I built it up on a Thursday and I wrote it Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And I did, um, I rode it in Laguna on Friday, Laguna on Saturday with Luke. And, uh, he's another racer from the path podcast and, or I'm sorry, from the, from the path bike shop. And, um, hopefully we can get him as a guest host soon. Um, and we did some gnarly trails there and had a good time. And then that Sunday I did a San Gabe shuttle on it. Oh, dang. And, nice. uh, Was I, that solo or I, I took a couple of coworkers oh, out cool. on the Sunday and um, yeah, we did uh, Sturdevant Trail and Mount Wilson Trail, oh, and uh, had had a great time. And the bike worked great. Um, one thing I did notice is it developed a rear brake howl with a SRAM rotor on a Shimano brake. So Centerline? Uh, no. So I, but I bought a Shimano rotor. I put a rear Shimano rotor, and that seemed to seemed to fix the issue.
0: And the san Gabe's. Oh, I got to get back out there.
1: Yep. It's uh yeah, we're still having nice weather and yeah, for our listeners in the LA Orange County area, always check out Scoa Shuttle or net Oh, hey, good some little bit of news about Scoa Shuttle. So he reworked so the Scoa Shuttle which shuttles the Mount Wilson area, they re, he reworked his website and it's way easier to get tickets now. So I can go online and buy multiple tickets. Oh, great so news. So you only have to have one user, and then um, you can buy, three you can buy, you can buy multiple many, right? seats, which is great. I remember
0: when we went, you are like, I'll, I'll go on and log on for you, because it'll probably take you half an hour.
2: I saw Nathan doing
1: that for you, actually. <laughs> right. I, so <laughs> here's the funny thing. The old website was so cumbersome to set up, I actually had a draft email in my, in my email uh, folder that had the steps built out, and i just email that out. I'm like, hey, you should go ride. And they're like, oh, what do I have to do? I'm like, hang on, I'll send you the email. And it had the instructions on how to sign up. But now I can be like, I, I can just sign up, get three tickets for my buddies. So it's way easier to book tickets. Uh, Chris is a super good guy. He's super knowledgeable. He He's, it's a totally legit service. He's really tight with the Forest Service um check out his service it's it's amazing and even if you're a cross-country rider and you're like i i don't shuttle use the shuttle to jump right jump start a big adventure day it's it's awesome
0: oh yeah you could turn an amazing adventure into a double amazing adventure oh yeah yeah, for sure
1: you can still do i mean i've taken you guys on these rides we still do three or four thousand feet of climbing but we do seven or eight thousand feet of descending yeah four thousand feet of climbing and eight thousand feet of descending i think was
2: the first time i did road with nathan yeah, that's and it that's was, the way to do it. And the four thousand feet of climbing was not—I mean, it could have been, but we turned it into a nice, nice time of hike a biking, little pedaling, stopping and eating, and enjoying the four thousand feet of climbing.
1: Yeah, so we gotta it, we gotta find a time. Yeah, let's
0: so, do it. Yeah, for sure. Hey, I, I had something happen to me recently that I bet my experience would help some of our listeners. Okay. Um I have some guide RSC brakes. And have you guys experienced that thing where if you turn the lever reach adjusts too far in one direction, it gets stuck and you can't turn it anymore?
1: Uh I think I've almost had that problem. Yeah.
0: It's a pretty common thing on the guides. And if you just turn if you turn the lever reach adjustment all the way yeah. to where the levers are all the way in, then all of a sudden you won't be able to turn it anymore. Well, the quick tip is Push the brake lever away from the handlebar, and then you'll be able to turn it again. But do not keep turning it in, the, in that same in direction, direction. and you'll really be stuck. <laughs> yeah. Oh, right, 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 right. <laughs> so there you go. So you release a
2: little bit of the tension by pushing it away, and then you can... Yep. So
0: do you turn your brake levers all the way in? No, but fairly close. Ah. Interesting. Yeah, I like a lot of fist on the bar. I don't. I like to have my levers engage, maybe ten millimeters or less from the bars, and be locking up very close to the bar. I like to have my wheels lock up with the brake levers, basically, very close, almost very close to the bars. I don't want it. I don't want to have to touch the bars for them to lock up. For, for, I don't ever really want to feel the brake levers touch the bars. Right. 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 But the reason for that is I feel like I have more fist on the bars which leads to more control and less hand less arm pump and a more relaxed riding style and uh and more power on the brakes because, because yeah because I'm not extended
2: yeah yeah that's interesting i've i've
0: I'm a little bit farther out than you yeah most people are I like my levers really close to the bars. Yeah. But you like them pretty close to the bars. Yeah, definitely.
2: Definitely. And yeah, it's actually, that's one of the reasons I
0: sort of like the Shimano brakes. Well, they have the really short levers, which don't, which it's easy to make them not hit the second knuckle. Right. And the way the levers are bent, they're parallel with the bars at a spot that's pretty close to the bars. Right. And I think parallel. I think there is something to be said for the brake lever being parallel with the bar while it's in, it, it getting its initial engagement. Right.
2: And I think that shortness and the little like bend at the end where you lock your like lock your finger in on the end. Yeah. There. Yeah, I like that too. And that I can run those closer and it's it you're right. For me it's more comfortable.
0: Yeah, if For me, I like my levers to engage really close to the bars, but there's a compromise being made because I do also like them to engage parallel to the bars, so I'm usually finding a little bit of a compromise between those two value systems. But that being said, my brake levers engage closer to the bars than most people.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've always found that keeping my my grip as close to completely closed when braking helps with arm fatigue. For sure. sure, yeah. I think we all agree on that. Oddly enough, though, there's some pros I've, I've seen. Specifically, I've seen like interviews with Curtis Keene. He runs his levers all the way out.
0: So like, all these things are so subtle. Yeah. And they're, a lot of them become preferences through a, an idea that they're better. And for sure, you can break some of these rules and still go really, really fast.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I think the middle finger breaking thing,
0: we've had like two or three questions
2: come through on that
0: middle finger breaking,
2: yeah, you can be a ripper if you want break middle finger, but
0: you I mean one of the things that i found is you can be really fast and do uh,
1: you know
3: you,
0: break, you don't have to follow any rules yeah. to be really fast that's true.
1: yes, but if you're breaking all the rules and not going fast, people are going to raise eyebrows
0: well, that's it's very true. <laughs> It's also a question of what you can get away with and what your actual potential is, right? Like that. Are, I mean, arguably, that person breaking a couple of rules and still going really fast could be going even faster if they follow if they got their fundamentals dialed in. I like to follow rules. I, I kind of <laughs> need to follow the rules. I mean, it's like well, it's 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 do you, it's, it's like fundamentals are important even for the best athletes, right. but also the best athletes can. All, can cheat on that a little bit if they and, and still be elite doesn't yeah. mean it's a good idea. It doesn't mean that um, that Ock needs to. The, the mo- can go break the rules. I do believe that the most elite practice fundamentals, and I think that probably m- like most really really elite gravity racers their brakes, most of them, their brake levers aren't engaging super far from the bars. You know, that's yeah. very, and
2: I'm going to draw the analogy to to, to, to batting in baseball. So I, I help out with Little League Baseball, and, you know, some of the kids these days, I'll, I'll kind of help, try to help with their swinging technique. And they're like, well, so-and-so and the pros doesn't do that. And that comment from the kids made me actually go watch a whole bunch of different videos of pros and their swings. And while you look at different pro baseball players, you know, how they wave their bats and how they have different stances. But in that split second, right before they make their swing or as they're making their swing, all of them look amazingly similar. Uh, interesting so they they look all crazy and wacky to start with but in that split moment as they're as they're driving that swing through the strike zone it's amazing if you look at just that last very very last moment they look very similar it's kind of i think here what may look divergent from solid fundamentals when you take a really close look at it at the very moment where those fundamentals really count I bet you it's closer to being very consistent very consistent interesting
0: Well, I think it applies more to some things than others like I don't think there's such a thing as like a fundamentally sound rebound speed
3: (laughs) (laughs) you you had to (laughs) (laughs) had to go there had to go there (laughs)
0: But I, I think it's a great example of, I think, almost all really fast ri- riders, their brake levers engage sort of closer to the bars than not closer to the bars. But I know really fast riders with, like, wide open rebound and, like, shut down rebound. Mm.
1: Okay. Yep. All right.
0: Valid I point. Mean, well, like I know I know riders that are faster than all of us in this room who has faster rebound than anyone in this room. And, and vice know, versa. And I know riders who are faster than all of us in this room who have slower rebound than anyone in this room. Okay. So Yeah, yeah I can agree with that. Wide wide range. Yeah, but all of them run their brake levers pretty close to the bottom. <laughs> We're not going to take the bait on the uh, no. on the rebound speed. No, no, no. I didn't know it was bait. I didn't mean it to be. No, I'm just kidding. Oh,
2: I man. didn't even mean it to be an inflammatory topic. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it is definitely
2: a good topic of discussion in this group. Yes, very much so. Yes, which is always uh, I really appreciate that.
1: Yep. Well, hey, just, uh, just a side story I want to share is, uh, um. This is, doesn't doesn't mean a lot, but it's uh, so I've got a I've got a former coworker, good friend, and uh, he is a dyed in the wool cyclocross racer, mm. almost exclusively races cyclocross, uses road to train for cyclocross, but super focused on cyclocross. And after f- four years of knowing this guy, he's finally getting a mountain bike. Oh, my God. And I will take him mountain biking and he will learn to actually handle a bike. <laughs> and he's getting a 5010. So anyway, awesome. I just wanted to show that. Awesome. Super stoked about it um, and really looking forward to it. And he seems really excited about uh, about uh, trying the mountain biking side. But anyway, just side, total side note, totally divergent point. But,
2: um, no, that's, that's actually kind of cool. So he's kind of ridden off the road. But a on little a, bit. But on a cyclocross
0: bike.
1: Yes so
0: where it's are
2: always you going to... great
0: bringing new riders into the fold.
1: Yeah. Well, the cool thing is I'm looking forward to taking them riding because the pedaling is going to be no problem. Yeah, for sure. And the bike handling is just going to be super, super cool, great progression, and learn to apply it to cross. It's going to be fun. So where are you going to take him
2: first? Or where? Are... Down PG. <laughs> <laughs> This is what mountain biking is like <laughs> <laughs> no, no
1: we'll we'll try to find some good, fun, appropriate trails. yeah, yeah,
2: so how does sorry, just you're talking about new riders, but Luke is definitely not a new rider, but I think he's got a new bike, right?
1: Yeah, uh yeah, Luke was riding a, he got a new Kona process one fifty three he uh um, he's ridden Konas for quite a while now. Um, yeah that was one of his early rides on his new 153 and he was really enjoying it
2: man so what motivated the 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 153
1: uh he damaged his 134 oh how did he damage it i think it was might have been slightly user error i'm not sure Uh, you'd have to ask him but it wasn't it wasn't a failure i think it was a like a flung it into the rocks and dented it or something like that. And it was like a questionable dent and so he got like a crash replacement kind of deal. Um, He said that that 153
0: doesn't really climb any worse than the 134 though. That's completely believable. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you got to take that coming from Luke though. So I've I've ridden with Luke for quite a while. So this is a young rider. I've ridden with him off and on for many, many years since he was a, a young, young Grom. And uh, always really good, great bike handler, absolutely great bike handler. And uh, he's, he's grown up recently and graduated college, has a big boy job, doing some really great things. And uh, so we finally got to ride together. It's been a while since we've ridden together, and we rode a, a pretty, pretty gnarly trail. And uh, he suggested we do it, and I reluctantly said, oh, okay, I'll go. And this is a trail we both used to just really enjoy. Play, road, yeah, we yeah. could ride the whole thing, no problem. And It's in a little rougher condition, and both of us, like, we got to certain points. We both looked at it, and I'm like, I'm going to walk. I'm not going to take the risk today. He he made the same decision, and that was kind of like, hey, we're both growing up a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Even though I'm quite a bit older than him, but still, it's like, yep, we both got things to do on Monday and jobs to go to. We're not going to take this chance right now. (laughs) So that was kind of refreshing. It was fun.
0: Man, you guys will ride it again. Uh, you guys will ride those sections again, maybe when they're cleaned up a little bit.
1: They need to be cleaned up. Some of them were really eroded out, and the rock. I've heard really that scary. trail's really rutted out right now. It's really rutted out, and a lot of the dirt that kind of like filled in some holes is gone. The holes are harder hitting, like on this on the CB drop. It's really undercut. There's a really really steep drop that's way more undercut than it's ever been. And anyway, it was scary, but it was nice that we both made wise <laughs> big boy decisions. <laughs> It was kind of cool. So, anyway, I just wanted to, to share that story. But, it's uh, good to
2: see that you guys are mm, making those big boy decisions.
1: Yep, exactly.
2: Six or seven years earlier than me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, yeah. It's, uh, we're all going to go ride that trail again
2: someday. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, but, yeah, actually, right now I'd almost prefer to have a downhill bike and a full face helmet. And, on that trail. And we were... I
0: always kind of would on that trail. Yeah.
1: We were on enduro bikes with uh trail No pad, like, total trail gear, everything, you know, No paddle. at pat- least no downhill tires. tires. Like, yeah. That'd yep. be my first my first wish. Yeah. Yeah. I I could see that. Man,
2: but the three of us we should go pedal out there. There are just so many good trails out there, right? Man, I Nathan and I in the times we've been riding out there recent Six months, a year, uh, man, there's just a lot of good stuff. Yeah. A it's, lot of great writing.
1: I'm going to I'm gonna start doing, well, Luke and I actually talked about this. Um, so it, especially as the weather starts to heat up in the summer, it's one of the few places that we really want to go in the yeah, summer as it gets kind of hot. The mountains around here tend to get a lot of flies and stuff like that. So you kind of want to stay out of the mountains a little bit laguna is um you know you can view the coast a lot of the time and actually when we finished our ride we cruised down into downtown laguna and got some really good fish tacos mm. and as we were taco loco back, or somewhere else uh no it's some new little place like right on the end of uh the 133 and pch oh cool so right there right, right. there on the beach um and um i was i was like yeah this is, we had a really good day today and luke's like You know what we need? What would make this day perfect is we uh, need to incorporate some water sports. I was like, huh. So basically next time I think we're going to ride in the morning, get some tacos, and then go down to the beach and then go swimming and then go back to her car. So awesome. that, would, that would be one of the perfect, uh, especially once it get, starts getting really warm and it's like you finish the ride and it's like you know, 11 o'clock and it's getting really hot, and then right. you want to jump in the water. Right now, it's, I mean, it's May and it was 63 degrees today, so it's yeah. not quite there. But, man, once we start hitting, hitting June, July, and August and it starts getting real hot, that's going to be the real fun place to go. Get, get some riding in the morning, get some tacos, jump yeah. in the ocean.
2: Especially if you can get out, um, find find parking and get down the one thirty three before the crowds start showing up.
1: Well, and if you ride in the morning, you definitely do. You can, get, you know, there's a couple of known parking spots. We can park there, and then we got bikes, and it's a little far to walk for those parking spots. But we we'll have bikes, and yeah, can walk, walk the bikes out onto the sand and jump Man, in the I water. Wanna, for a I want to go ride there. Yeah, we'll have to do it soon.
2: Anyone want to ride tomorrow before work? <laughs> <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Mr. Nine Eighty. It is it is Thursday, yeah. And I'm gonna try and ride. I actually am gonna go ride there tomorrow before work. I mean it is my Friday off, but I'm gonna ride yeah. in the morning then then head over to work. Cool.
0: Sounds awesome. Yeah, definitely.
1: Well guys, do we uh do we have any topics for tonight or are we gonna save save the rest of the uh topics for for future shows how many minutes in are we we are at an hour 36 that's probably enough
2: cool yeah definitely i'm good
1: well um we thank all our listeners again thank you very much your comments have been great um you know one of the discussions we had about our last show just wanted to share we we talked about a lot of other non-cycling related stuff and uh i think uh, i was a little apprehensive about it. i was like ah you know we're a bike show and And, uh, but the feedback's been great. We really appreciate you guys, um, enjoying talking, you know, hearing us talk about other stuff too. We enjoy talking about it. Um, uh, I mean, we're, it's a lifestyle sport, right? All of us are in this, this isn't just a hobby. This is a, I mean, this is a lifestyle sport for all of us. So I think, uh, all the stuff that goes into a lifestyle kind of feeds the sport a little bit too. So thank you. Thank you very much for listening. Um, keep participating by sending us picture or sending us questions sales at path and uh, participating in the hashtag on instagram hashtag the path podcast. Um, I throw some pictures up on there as well. Um, you can kind of see what I'm up to ok you need to get on Instagram <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tawny's on Instagram. I'm still
0: uh, trying to learn how to use hashtags
1: uh, i'll I will show you after the show I mean. It's kind of a rhetorical comment. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, thank thank you all for for listening. Keep supporting Mountain Bike Radio. Keep supporting your local races, and uh, make sure if you're ever in Southern California, visit the Path Bike Shop and uh, mention that you heard about the uh, shop through the show. We, uh, you know, we always love hearing about that. Very much, though. So. All right, guys. Thanks. With Have that, a- happy Cinco de Mayo. Happy trails. Cinco
3: de Mayo. No! Oh.